voertuig eigenlijk. En die voertuig. En die voertuig is hier die voor eigenlijk bezig om stemmen op te nemen. <laughs> well, let's go for it. Oké. Okay. Hi. Welcome by another episode on the Carlyle Club. Right next to me, I have the one and only Anthony Brian Shoot. Welcome Anthony. Hi there. All the way from from Cape Town. Sunny, non-rainy Cape Town. And now we are in a very London-esque mood. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's grey skies outside. And uh, yeah, thank you. Welcome, welcome to me, I guess. Well, <laughs> it's your G. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Thank you. So I just wanted to to hear uh, Anthony. Mm. We know each other for quite some time now. Many years since high school. Since high school. Since grade nine, when I this Pretoria kid came to Cape Town, and and you guys all looked at me like, who's this? <laughs> well, Cape Town definitely has its quirks of people. Uh, don't get me wrong. But it was uh, it was an interesting sight having a a moot kid walk in and be all moot about. But now, life. You, but now <laughs> you can actually now you understand the moot though. I understand the moot now. Now that I've met the people, I'm like, ah, well, there we go. There's the moot. And Tableview really is like not so different. It's, it's kind Cape, of it's we're, Cape moot. It's the Cape Town moot, yeah, it's exactly. Tableview is Cape, Cape Town moot. That's that, that's how I will forever see Tableview as yeah. Cape Town moot. Yeah. So Anthony, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am Anthony. Welcome to my TED talk. Thank you. <laughs> On my podcast from <laughs> with the Kyle High Club. I'm from Cape Town, a place called Tableview, um, the area where all the cliche, you know, photographs from the beach with Table Mountain has taken. I'm sure everyone has seen a part, uh, like at least uh, one envelope or one postcard like that <laughs> <laughs> in their lives. Um, <laughs> Anyone? Yeah, I'm from middle in class fa- uh, uh, income family. Mom, dad um, went to a school called Tableview High School. But uh, I'm a designer. I've been an artist and designer since young age. I mean, I knew I was going to be a graphic designer. And I run a design and marketing studio called Odyssey Studio currently. Okay, so now you say you've always been artist like from what young age did you start to doodle or how did your art journey begin so I think it became relevant when I was young I mean I think at four or five years old I really started doodling and, and experimenting with color and I think I was in kindergarten around five or six years I think it was five years old um, we had a now obviously I can't remember this this is like from you know just old videos and old home movies and things like that but I remember entering a competition uh, coloring in competition everyone had the same drawing and you kind of had to color in and I colored in it was like a bunny with some of some kind and I, I colored in the left shoe a color and the right shoe another color and I won third place in the competition because it was nicely done but I didn't win first place because I did that with the shoes and I thought to myself well this I love that rebellion yeah I love the fact that people got upset because my piece of artwork was the was the star of the whole show even though I got third place instead of first place. but they didn't give you first place because they believe that it's impossible to have two different yes because even the adults even the adults in the competition couldn't fathom the idea that I did something creative and unique yeah but at the end of the day it got the entire like 
any primary school class talking about it. It was the talk of the fucking event, and you know what I mean. Yeah. So right then and there, I knew that I was able to speak and break boundaries with my with my art and my my level of thinking, and you know, and just the way I associate certain things. Like when I think of a number or a letter, I don't instantaneously see the number or the letter. I think of a color because it's, I associate it like that. Like when I see the the K, yeah. I think of green instantaneously. Oh, wow. It could be from when I was like uh, in kindergarten, you know, with those blocks on the on the fridge, or oh yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe somehow in my mind. Do you I always kind of think of the same color? Or same color. Always. Every name a letter. Z. Black. What? Go for it. Um, a. Blue, light blue, like baby blue, sky blue. Okay. How about Q? Q is like a like a mustardy yellow. What? Mustardy yellow. And yeah. you always see these same. Always. Every single time, wow. and then and the, numbers. The mess, same thing. Three, what? three light green, five black. That's why five is my favorite number. Uh, what number can you go? That's the thing because now you know when you go past the number nine and you know you go on to zero, you start making double digits because yeah. now. But you see, now you start. In my mind, I see. I start connecting certain colors okay. together. That's why I like certain numbers and certain numbers I don't. Just because that letter and that letter makes a certain color, and if the combo doesn't go, I can. You know, you're not the you're not the first person I've met who can actually whose brain works like this. Oh. Um, one of my friends, Liana, she mm. says she can see color associate colors with words. I do the same thing. And oh, yeah. if she, if you one word might be a certain color, but if you pair that word with another word, mm. it can actually move into a different color that's, as well. That's true. Like for example, the. The number 33, oh, well, 3 is green, but for some reason when I see the number 33, I see like pink. Don't know why. Pink. Pink. And green doesn't make pink. Two greens don't make pink. But for some reason but my mind goes pink. But Whoa. That, that, that's why I'm asking is like, how, how high can your numbers go if you say, <sighs> think about it? It's, it's difficult to determine because I think, you know, once you get past a certain amount of digits, like my brain can't think of everything like when you, when you say the number one million yeah. now saying the words one million i can think i think of the color okay. green but writing the number out to that extent with six zeros like it gets it gets past the point of color now it's just a number so you know now I mean? so now how do you practically use this do you use this as a tool sometimes <sighs> it's difficult because you know like mathematics doesn't it's not based on emotion and feelings, so it makes it difficult. But I kind of use it as memory, I suppose. Okay. It helps me memorize certain things. Like uh, when I, when we were in high school, like I would categorize. Like let's say we had an uh, exam question that had five marks, and you had to remember like two or five points. Yeah. Right. Because there's five points in this one thing, I'll think of that sentence or the or the topic as a certain color, and because I've remembered the color. You know, black, for example. The, I know on a certain page. I know there's five points that I need to remember there. Ah. You see, so it's a, it became a memory thing for me. That is um, amazing. And it just makes you know, like you know, it's like creating modern day subcategories to everything you see in life. Plus, it just makes life a little bit more pretty, I guess, in my mind, because you know, as a graphic designer, I work with color all day long, and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, for me, whenever I think of names and peoples and places, I think of colors. And it, it, it's like an explosion in my head, which makes life quite interesting. Of course. This makes life quite interesting. Now, from, from art to business, 
Yeah. How did you make that transition? So, oh, it's funny we spoke about the bunny earlier because it's so true. Like, I was in a marketing agency, quite a well-known one in South Africa at the point called Quirk, um, for four years. Uh, loved it there. I mean, it was, you know, everything you want out of a uh, an advertising and marketing agency. It was fun. It was creative. You meet, I met the most incredible people that I all still work with, by the way, through oh, some awesome. kind of train or thought. That like, is I mean, awesome. Like, literally, we, we joke about it all the time. I mean, uh, we climb onto Zoom calls and international calls. And the people I work with in Amsterdam are the same people I used to work with at Quirk back in no the day. Way. Like, everyone still works together. Like, it's, it's an amazing little tight family that we created in that company. But... After a few years, after because it was my first real, I mean, I've had odd jobs before that, but like miscellaneous nonsense things, but this was my first real job in my career as a designer. And after a while, the, the business owner at the time sold the business to a global conglomerate, and it made the company feel a little bit corporate-y. Now, corporate structures work for a reason. I mean, yeah. you know, clearly, there are businesses that work very well with a massive corporate structure, and it's, it's great, but... You know, as an artist and as the people doing the grunt work, you know, at the bottom of the rung, I felt that, uh, I just felt that they were being taken, taken for a ride. Hold on, we just dropped the phone, yeah. Let me just get it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still doing its thing? No, no, let's see. Oh, I'm just kind of eating it. I, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's no, still going. Still going, okay. Still going. Anyway. I'll just hold it. How about that? <laughs> I'll just hold the phone. Okay, hold the phone. Anyways, just hold the phone. Hold the phone, man. Okay, hold the phone. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, so so you know, like, and but after a certain amount of years at Quirk, I just thought to myself, like, you know, like, I'm I'm a child and I'm not, you know, mature enough to understand how business works. But yet, I couldn't help but feel the need to do things differently. Yeah. You know, I just same business same kind of output but a different level of service a different mindset around the people that work with me because when when the business turned into a global conglomerate it became stale what and is it that you want to do differently and, and people I'll tell you now and people became not as you know you, let's put it this way I wanted to create or, or want to create or busy creating rather an environment where people are designers and creatives and people are begging to work with our business yeah they're begging they're they're a queue around the freaking corner to work at the business why because a instead of watering down the money and having so many pieces of red tape and just nonsense costs on everything costs on costs on costs you know the designers and the senior designers create want a quality product the the designers are the heroes of your campaigns. The copywriters that write your copy are the heroes of your marketing strategy. The, you know, the client service people that work on your brand are the heroes of managing your brand and making sure that when you're in the public light, you are seen as this incredible global structure and this brand and this and this and this company. You know what I mean? So it, those people need to become the heroes so I you know we put a corporate structure together where those people can be seen as the heroes paid like the heroes and feel like they're still independent people 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you are a part of, of a so company. So you make it, a, you give it a family feel but with a corporate structure. It's a marketing company but it feels like you're working with a freelancer. Yes. It's that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship. Like honestly, I say to everyone I work with, my partners say the same thing. They're like, you got to treat your client like you're dating them. If, if they message you at half past 11 at night because they're, they have an urgent something that needs to go out and you know they, they've got no one else to turn to because their boss is on their ass or you know they, they've got a massive meeting with a very important client the next day, answer that text. Message them. Talk to them. Make them feel special. Make them feel like every single piece that you work on is your last one, is your only one that you work on because the clients appreciate that. And one of the big philosophies that we have in our business is every the most important output of our business more than the design products more than the portfolio pieces is customer satisfaction not just customer happiness satisfaction, satisfaction. so that when they go out when they leave your business they're you know for a fact they're either going to come back to you for reoccurring work because they trust you now or, or tell people to go or to you. tell people and the telling people the referrals you know people that's organic referrals uh, people underestimate the unbelievable power of referrals yeah you cannot just burn even if you have the worst client in the world you, don't, you cannot you burn the bridge want, uh, you also don't want to uh, Hey, do you mind referring to friends? No, you want the type of referral where people refer because of the quality of your products and service. Now think about it like from a restaurant point of view, right? You go to an amazing restaurant somewhere in town. You go and the, the waiters come and like they pull the chairs out for you. Yeah. You know, they, say, they, they call you sir and ma'am and they look you in the eye. They, they ask you every few seconds like, can I help you? Can I bring you this? Oh, we brought you some extra bread just for free. Now, it could be a company policy, but the clients don't have to know that. The waiter no. can come in and present it the as, client will you know, know what? I know for I know that we're not technically supposed to do this, but here's some extra bread for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a refill on that wine for free. Is that okay, yeah. sir? Then, yes, you might. Okay, yes, you might be losing like one glass of wine or one, you know, like basket of bread for the business but those customers are going to come back and if you have an amazing experience at that business you're going to tell every single friend that you know exactly. when michelle and i my my unbelievable girlfriend when we go to an amazing restaurant the first thing we do when we when we had a great experience is tell her mom tell her dad tell her aunt tell my mom tell my sister you know what i mean and that word spreads quickly so that's a that's a that's a much more organic growth of, of, of business because yeah. you know everybody going there are going there for that type of aesthetic or that that gimmick or that yeah. specific thing so yeah. you get the right clients to come to the right place yeah, exactly instead of be someone getting disappointed due to a wrong for yeah. referral exactly and I think the reason our business is you know successful to the point where we are is we because we've got that independent contractor feeling that freelancer feeling you know because technically the people that work with us are independent people standing on their own two feet yeah if you work for a big company and don't get me wrong i'm not taking it away from people that work for big companies that's fine you can make a very successful career working for other people yeah. but i know for a fact the people that we work with are people that are entrepreneurial that don't like having a boss um the the reason that we've gained success is because those people aren't working for someone else they feel that every product that they have to put out is their reputation 
not their business's reputation, their personal reputation. Yeah. So the work that goes into it is ten times better because their ass is on the line. You know what I mean? Literally, like, literally, with us, including with us. I mean, if so, I mean, we've had a few designers and people. Um, more specifically, a web developer. I hope they're listening to this. A web developer that messed up big time, and that's our reputation that goes into twine, and we're never going to use them again. Yeah. You know, so it's important. Your reputation is super important, and but it's a it's a, it's a good thing because you know when people realize that their ass is on the line, they they deliver the best that they can, which makes everyone look good. How did all of you guys get together and decided that you guys going to start with Odyssey? So, um, I, as I said, I worked at Quirk for four years, and then after four years, I decided to um, step out and try the freelancer life, which I did for about two years. Um, Jared worked at a, a well-known place called Triggerfish, which was a gaming and animation kind of studio. I mean, they worked on massive brands. I'm talking like Disney movies and those kinds of things. It was incredible. So he was considered the unicorn of his company, and so was I. And Stacy worked at the Vashini Group um, at the head office, like the main office, and was invert. Uh, 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 you know, was she was so versatile in how she works. I mean, she was everything from interior designer to visual merchandiser to to everything. And then after a little while, Stacy approached me. And, you know, because I've known Jared since we were kids um, in Tableview. And she approached me and she said, well, you know, like, I need some help as a freelancer. Can you help me? Um, I took her under my wing and for about two years she did freelance with me. And then in October 2018, they invited me to Jerry's, uh, which is one of our restaurants. Shout out to Jerry's Burger Bar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and we got together and we looked each other in the eye and we just... You know, Jared made the proposal like, you're a freelancer, she's a freelancer, I'm a freelancer. What if we still continue on that same effort where we're personal and we're in touch with our clients and we have that, you know, one-on-one -on -one feeling, but we help each other with the admin? Because that's the thing that puts people off becoming an entrepreneur, working for themselves, is it's not just the design work that you do. You have to talk to the clients constantly. It's the documentation. It's the, it's the you know, doing your invoices, doing your taxes. Do, it's all the nitty-gritty crap that comes with it. Yeah. And we thought, let's just share the load doing that. You know, like we... That we, is such an awesome way to actually think about it. Let, just let, share the load. Be able to all focus on our work. Yes. But all of the sh shady things that causes us to actually not be able to do our work. Yes. Let's share that load together. Yes, and we share that responsibility. And because we were able to share that massive responsibility, we were able to add more line items to that, and we were able to produce better work, because now we're also working together. Because I got an amazing UK client, for example, they'll send us a request, and I'll say to them, hey, by the way, my business partner in the same business runs a 3D department. Yes. You know, you guys have products. I know products need to be 3D rendered these days because photography is quite static. Stacy just happens to also build websites. Yeah. You know, because we in and because we are now a trio of well at at least the shareholders in the business the 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 three directors which is us three, we are a graphic design, visual merchandising, in store vir virtual store and all branding things throughout. 
we're an holistic approach to a brand yeah. so when they give us a brand we don't just do one little poster or one little piece of packaging we tackle the entire brand from beginning to when it goes out into the market exactly. in all the touch points um, so yeah we it was it was all about sharing the load um, and it's actually such a brilliant way to think about it because that was it you know we're a bunch of people and unfortunately these type of expenses expenditures uh, uh, forces me to actually not be able to do my job properly exactly and if you can create the environment where you guys can literally just focus on what is important like your jobs and and your work the rest will come easy and that's that's such a brilliant approach yeah and it's just you know like it's not just the uh, you know the workload, the physical workload. It's the emotional workload. Yeah, it's the, of course. Because starting a business, I can tell you one thing. I'm talking highly about Odyssey now, and you know our success, and we got amazing clients, and we got amazing like work that we do. But I mean, the road to get to this point, the first year was the was so intense. I mean, the emotion that you go through, the the feelings of success, and then rapid failure, and then rapid success, and then rapid failure, and the second questioning, and the overthinking, and the, the stressing, and the crying, and the lack of money, and the lack of drive, and the motivation, and the 3 a.m. nights, and the 5 a.m. wake-up mornings. You know, there was often weeks where I would wake up on the Monday, and I just would not go to bed until Friday. And I yeah. shit you not. I mean, that, I would work straight through. I wouldn't shower, wouldn't eat, wouldn't brush my teeth. But that is exactly what you talked about earlier, that obsessive feeling. Yes, exactly. Like, I, you know, I was, just to catch everyone up, Carl and I was talking earlier about this uh, topic, or kind of about this topic before the podcast, and we were just tackling the topic of, you know, success and how you have to treat your want and desire for your goals as an obsession. It has to be an addiction. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason I was able to tackle it like this is because I talk about addiction quite a bit like this is, you know, I stopped drinking, but I took that obsession and that addiction to partying and being with friends and being in the club and I switched it. I, I didn't lose that obsession. No, no, no. I just took it and placed it on something else. And that's, and that's also um, one thing we mentioned off of podcasts, mm. like for instance, if you if you are having a horrible time in your life, if you're having like like the most intense emotional state of mind where you can't do anything, you need to at least try and tap all of that negative energy into something instead of nothing. Exactly. Exactly. You need to tap it into something that's constructive for your life and your psyche then something that's negative and something that's because I feel, you down. I feel if you if you're able to channel your downtime into something, it's going to be easier to generate half a obsessive nature over it because it's going to become something that makes you feel better in times where you are down, and you exactly. only need to start trying it before you know. Exactly, and it's just you know like this is going to sound a bit controversial, but. You know, when there is a goal ahead of you and you've set that goal, you know, your emotions and your feelings are overrated. You're going to wake... I mean, I, no one likes waking up at 4 a.m. 
No one likes being awake for five days straight. No, no one likes dealing with clients that are really you difficult. you need to be able to be mature enough and still keep the bigger picture in mind. That's the thing. And that's, that's where the hard part, and that is why most people aren't millionaires, because that's the difficult part. You know, the, the talking about it and setting the goals, that's the easy part. Yeah. Then the recognizing that you're worth it and you're able to do it, that's a whole different ball game. But the actual graph that goes into success, oh my God, I mean, the amount of work and stress and loss of hair and loss of sleep and loss of sanity that you go through. I mean, if you think to yourself, you're, I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be able to wake up at 8, go to work at 9, clock off at 5, go to bed, you are not going to have a successful business. Period. 100%. You need to basically eat, sleep, breathe, drink your goals. No matter how bad you feel, no matter how depressed you are, no matter how happy you are or sad you are, if you're not doing everything in your day to accomplish that goal, you it's need to not be able work. to put like military style, yes, all emotion yes. aside, yes, and just focus on what you are, what you planned yourself from the beginning anyway, because it's your fucking goal. Exactly, and then you'll start noticing that when you start, because it takes a while to start achieving the goals, but once one, once you start ticking the one off, and then you take the next thing off, and then you take the next thing off, and the next thing, and the next thing, eventually you look back on your list and you go, you know what? I feel so much happier because I've, I'm accomplishing the things I set out to be. I've ran out of things to list. I've ran out of things to list. <laughs> and then, you know, because we all think to ourselves the happiness is going to just come to our minds organically over time. No. When, that's, that is how you build that happiness back. Is subconsciously when you start accomplishing the things that you set out that you wanted to do yeah. you start becoming happier and you start realizing the things that you want to attract to yourself you start realizing the things you want to space away from yourself because I promise you one thing friendships and relationships get tested more than anything ever than when you start a business of course like you can have a group of 50 friends you start a business You'll see the amount of people that A, support you. Yeah. You'll see the amount of people that B, trust in what your business is. Yeah. But 90% of those people are going to be like, you know what, you're gonna, who, who are you? You're, you're just a dude from middle income. What, what do you know about big business? You don't know anything. 90% of people are gonna doubt you because they cannot fathom the idea of doing it themselves. Yeah. Because, or because they've tried it before and it didn't work. And their advice comes from an emotional point of view. Exactly. Instead of saying, listen, this is this is how my business didn't work yeah. out. People would be more, je- e- it will be easier for someone yeah. to actually give advice to not, not to help you succeed. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even, I, I wouldn't even look at doing that. I already tried it failed. Exactly. It's because you've been a failure doesn't mean I am going to be one. Well, but, but let's go to that next topic that's that word that you just used failure is something really important because I've also had doubters come to me and be like well you're going to fail at this because I failed at my business you think I haven't failed at shit I have failed an insane amount of times at a lot of things I've many got, things I've got 80 kilograms of powder in my house <laughs> not, <laughs> not any drugs people just, just body powder body powder like uh, like you know, next, next thing you got the freaking like SAPD knocking on your door. <laughs> I've heard all of you guys go. Luister hoor. 80 kilos. 80 kilos poeier. That's <laughs> <laughs> Baba poeier. Jammer. 
No, but the thing is, what I say is, I think if you can't make your last failure your best teacher, you will also not be emotionally ready to take on any other thing that might potentially knock you down in a business and that that's will the thing. make you fail. But the thing is, like, you know, you got to change your mindset. You know, instead of trying to, you know, sorry, we're in the car and we, you know, you might hear the rain sounds and, and motorbikes and motorcycles and things. Yeah, we're just taking a cruise this here. Guy, this guy thought it would be a well, it would have a well of a time to get out his Harley on a very rainy day yeah. and drive around. He's having the best day. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, fa- I go out and look for failure. That is intense. Why? You, you go out and look for failure. I look for it. I go and find it. Because... <laughs> Because those are the best. Those are the best. Those are the best lessons. They are like because think Do you about purposely, purposely. Go out and fail. Well, no. But okay. what I'm saying is, I try because okay. Let's say put it put this in theory. Yeah. Let's put it in a theory so that people can understand. So let's say you're trying something, right? Let's what say am I trying? it doesn't matter. Let's say okay. Let's say you're trying to do a pull up. Okay. Right. Nine when you first when you first start doing it, out of ten times, nine of those ten times you're going to fail at it, okay. because it's not exactly easy. But every single time you do it, you learn a little bit more about what you're not supposed to do. You ah. learn a little bit more about what you're supposed to do. So at the end of the day, now where you saw th- failure as things that you need to avoid, now when you realistically and holistically start looking at it, you're like, ah, but these failures have given me the directly given me the building blocks to put on top of each other so that now eventually now now I've packed all these building blocks on top of one another now let's say I've tried 50 times and I've only gotten it right twice right that's now two out of 50 that's four percent successful rate but now think about it 48 times I failed so I've got 48 lessons that I've learned Yes. So now I get to number 51. Okay, now I got it right. Ooh, now I got it right. Ah. Now I get to 52. Oh, ah. almost that time. 53. Hang on, now I'm doing a pull-up. Ah. 54, I'm doing a pull-up. 55, doing a pull-up. 56, pulling a pull-up. Because now you've stacked all those failures, aka lessons, on, t- on top of one another. Now you know for a fact... Here are the things I don't need to do. Here are the things that I do need to do. Actually, Here are the things I need to avoid. Here are the things that I don't need to avoid. Oh, you know what I mean? Okay. Lessons on lessons on lessons on lessons. And that's how you gain success. What the hell is happening here? We just got, uh, pulled up here into a mall. And, uh, there are people... It seems... I think that might be a rugby player or someone. Uh, They're taking photos of random people. They're taking pictures of the sky. Pictures and there's pictures of people. I don't know. I think we might have just gotten we to are, a. We're driven into the twilight zone. Why, get... why are we in a. <laughs> <laughs> we just pulled up here into a, a McDonald's drive through Hello? Good morning. Can I please take order? Yes, can I get two ice creams, please? Ice creams? <laughs> yes, two of them. Cone. Cone, two cones. Yes. That's it. Hi, welcome back. We just took an intermission to buy some ice cream and answer a telephone call. <laughs> <laughs> Not live, but... Uh, but now a, we're back. A telephone call nonetheless. Yes. Anyway, so you were saying... We were talking about failure and success. Um, I think 
Now we can actually go full circle with this weekend because we actually developed a catchphrase. Oh yeah? Yeah, remember, you have to drive your own road to figure out where your potholes are. That's a very good catchphrase. Mm. But that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And you can't be scared of failing because your fear of the failure is going to stop you from trying in the first place. But why are you saying you go out and look for failure? Because I go and try as many times without giving a shit. That's my point. I don't care about... Because organically, if you... Let's say you're in a bar, okay? Okay. And let's say, you know, you you want to find yourself a date. Maybe not a bar, somewhere wholesome, you know, whatever. Like, you want to find yourself a date. Nine out of ten women that you approach will either be not interested or will have a boyfriend or will just not like you. Maybe your approach is bad. Maybe you... Let's say you're a very you're very new at this process, right? Or you're ugly. Or you're just plain <laughs> ugly. But, there's way, but that's the thing. That's just an obstacle, right? Yeah. That's, that's just an obstacle. We know for a fact that being ugly is just an obstacle when it comes to relationships. It really is. And But let's... Okay, well, let's use that as an obstacle, right? Okay. Your first time that you go and approach someone new that you want to date, either man, woman, or whatever, you are going to do terribly you're gonna say stupid things you're gonna say the wrong thing you're going to embarrass yourself you're going to you know you know for a fact you're gonna get rejected okay now a lot of people are too scared to approach a significant potential significant other because they're scared of the rejection because rejection hurts it does rejection sucks no one can say they like rejection. no one loves I can say I love rejection. You love it. But that's my point. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make is I know for a fact that if I go and try nine times, I will learn from the nine times. So let's say you're the ugly dude that now wants to go, right? You know now that your first approach was bad because, well, you ha- you need to learn about misogyny and you need to learn how to not say certain things to put a woman off, right? Yeah. So that's not... A lesson that you take into your next time. So the next time you're going to approach, maybe you're less awkward in the words that you say, but maybe you say things that are a bit boring, and they find okay. you a bit boring. And you know, because you're not the looker at the same time, you're not going to get much attention, right? So then the next time you go and you go and approach, now you go and watch a little stand-up comedy, maybe, what or the maybe. Fuck? Oh, sorry, yeah, someone just ran a ran a uh, what do you call them in international language uh, roundabout traffic circles yeah that's yeah roundabout roundabout um, roundabout roundabout now <laughs> sorry to say <laughs> the others didn't make it <laughs> um a gym summit though by the way well it's a summit on me it's a summit gym uh I don't know cost them Well, I said my gym. I said hi once. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but it was so funny. I was listening to one of their songs um, and I looked up and there's the dude like squatting. I'm like, oh my word. That's crazy. Um, but anyway, yeah. Shout out to Ardo Carsten. Machine in the gym. Uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah. So then you now know. Okay, cool. No misogyny. No awkwardness and be a little funny. So now you go learn some jokes. Right? Go learn some opening jokes. Then you go and approach, you do you get some laughs, but they're not that interested yet. Because let's be honest now, you're wearing freaking sandals and shorts. Not, ah. att- not attractive. So now you learn, okay, now 
cool no misogyny talk like a gentleman number two i need to be a little bit funny um i need to be approachable number th- number three okay cool now i need to go and dress nicely so now you can do some research cool ladies like when i wear a collar shirt ladies like when i wear this kind of shoe now on your ninth or tenth attempt when you're going in now you're charming now you're witty and now you're funny and i can promise you when it comes to any woman or certain men in life depending on your preference you can get away with murder if you are funny you can be an ugly guy and you can come but what the overall point of my story is here imagine you were too scared to take that first step i think that is the biggest problem 90 percent of the world but that's what i'm trying to say is you cannot be scared of taking that first step because think about it now think of that entire lesson that we just spoke about now right Mm. now at the end of your nine failures you dress better you smell better because you probably learned how to use cologne you know that you need to be a bit funny and you need to be witty and you need to be charming and you need to not be misogynistic even if your tenth attempt is also a failure look at all the lessons that you learned yeah. now when you take it to the next person or the next person or the next person you're going to always it's not like you're stepping backwards you're always stepping forwards you're always learning something new the trick is you have to tell yourself that the failure or the rejection is okay it's a good thing that's why i say i go chase the failures because that basically means that i go and attempt things a hundred times and i'm not scared to have the failures because most of them are going to be failures yeah but what i wanted to say about the rejection is no one likes rejection but you can like the outcome of it no no one likes squatting so, 100 kilograms, yeah, no, so but I everyone say, likes a nice booty. So when I say, so you, people fear rejection because rejection isn't, isn't nice. Nobody likes rejection. But that's where it boils down to is if you, you need to change your mindset to a point where you look at the bigger picture. Yeah. Like imagine all of this rejection will get me to this certain point in life. Not a lot of people think about it yes, like that. Exactly. Seeing the word as rejection and like we just said earlier, obsession as yes. positive words. Yes. Because think about it like this, right? You're selling a house. Got it? You have to pitch to a lot of people to sell a house. Yeah. You like let's say you got a sole mandate on a mansion in Clifton, let's say for example. Ten million Rand house. Beach view. Okay. Clifton, we're probably talking about 50 million, right? Or whatever, 10 million right now. Your commission's gonna be crazy. Yeah. I guarantee you, you're gonna show at least 20 people. Now imagine you were too scared to show that first person, or that second person, yeah. or the third person. The reward that. that you get at the end is worth it. And honestly, you just have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm not a weak ass little bitch. I'm not gonna allow this one person that has one opinion about me to dictate the rest of my goddamn life because that happens quite often someone will go in with an idea i've got this business i want to start yeah and then what and you know it's going to be good you feel it in your heart you take it to one other person your mom your dad your uncle your aunt or whatever and imagine they say to you nah, it's a cock idea yeah. and then you never actually try it because one other person said something stupid just because they don't know how to do it exactly you know what i mean so failure is a good thing Every, People but who change their minds about it. I don't think I don't think a lot of people realize that there is a version of themselves that they don't know. The first, the third person version. Mm. For instance, there's a whole entire world that I know of you that you don't know because you can't mm. see yourself mm. in, in the third a, person. In the third person. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you might think something, you might see something from your view, but people around you see how you react, your real reaction. Yeah, that's true. And if you take your opinion from someone who don't know you for who you are, you're going to believe that about yourself. Yeah. That's why it's important to surround yourselves with people who bring value to your life because mm. those opinions from people about you, mm. you get to learn that third person version of yourself a lot more accurately than taking the information from somewhere that you can't even trust. Exactly. It's like a whole different new opinion about yourself that doesn't even exist. And I gotta, you know, we gotta give a bit of a plug in here with our, our you know, the main man, Gary V. Um, well known on Instagram. People don't actually give a fuck about you. And that's it in a nice way. Like, the person that gave you that negative comment, five seconds later, they'll forget about what they said. While you carry that thought around for years, and yes, years, and years, yes. possibly forever. That, that, person, can, that can change your whole entire life. People have come to me and have told me something that I might have chirped them once or twice in school or after school that I I didn't even know about. I forgot about. But has affected them forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you do it. Everyone does it at some point. The trick is you have to train your mind to be able to be better and rise above absolutely any conversation <coughs> or anything. That's the difficult part. And that's yeah. why a lot of people can't be successful is because they will get beaten down by the rejections, beaten down by life and be like, you know what, I've tried and I give up. Yeah. Because the failure got to them. Failure, you need to, you need to see failure as a good thing. Because it is a good thing. And, and life is short, man. Imagine you go through life without trying stuff. You're going to have such a boring life. And if that's the life you want to lead, go for it. But that's not the life I want to lead. No, if that's the life... Oh, it's if, not what I want to do. Okay, but here's another thing. If that's the life you want to lead, good. But don't fucking complain about it then. Because yeah. that's a life you chose. Yeah. Because there's one thing I hate is there's lives that people have chosen. And then when they try and compare it to yours. Yeah. Make you feel bad about yourself. Down to... A, talk your own you know um, accomplishments just because they have failed in theirs do you have any idea it, I hate spending time with people who crack you down because they have failed in their own personal life but the beautiful remember that's the life you chose but that's also a beautiful thing about you know also with failure failure doesn't come to something you did failure yeah. comes to something you know people that you hang around with you will hang out with people that you eventually realize like this person's energy is not right for me because Every time I talk about my business, this guy talks me down. Yeah. And I don't want that anymore because I want to be successful. That's so you eventually start moving away from those people. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just life. You yeah. only have a set amount of years in this existence here. you got to make a count and spend it with the right people. Now, what would you say in closing? Mm. If you That's have, quite a good podcast. If you have to think about really really think about what genuinely brings you joy and motivation to get up in the morning what is that one thing that keeps you going no matter what it's gonna sound really cliche um, but my significant other Michelle and my dogs I've got um, two incredible beautiful doggies um, tiny little poms <laughs> um, 
You would have never thought. You know, I would like have never thought. School. I mean, I've you know, I'm the it's kind of guy. You look at me, and I, you know, you need like this pit bull or something hectic. But I got small little dogs, and they lived there my entire life. And my it's so weird. And Michelle, Michelle, like Michelle. Here's something that I I can tell you, and I can guarantee this for you. Having a significant other in your life that is good for you yeah. is like printing money. It, you're a good, I think Bill Gates or someone said it, it was one of the you successful people, I'm sorry that I'm misspeaking here, but I read it somewhere where having a good woman in your life is the only thing you will ever need to become successful. Because that person will drive you to become the best version of yourself in every aspect. The way you pour your coffee, the way you stand up and wipe your face in the morning. You know, you know, you maybe you'll have some political view or some arrogant view about something in life, and that person will come to you and be like, you know what, maybe change your perception on this. Having a good partner in your life is like printing your own money. But in the same sense, Having a bad partner in your life could ruin your life. Yeah. Having someone that's toxic in your life, even if you love them more than anything in the world, if that person is toxic for your environment, your life's going to be toxic. So my happiness comes from knowing that I am incredibly lucky that I was able to meet a significant other that can bring the best out of me. And I with her. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, that's what brings me happiness, truly. I just wanted to actually ask you, if you don't mind. Yeah. What is, if you, what, what's your biggest demon you are fighting currently that you don't like, that is, that, that is actually bringing you down and costing you a lot of downtime? What is something that you feel that you need to m- mentally overcome? We can dive deep in here, not with me. <laughs> if you want to. It's weird to say this, but, you know, I make it sound like I'm ancient. I'm not. I'm still young. But, you know, certain things like not being able to get as fit as fast or, you know, the fact that I'm losing hair and the fact that I'm getting wrinkles and just the fact that I'm not this the, the stallion I was literally five years ago. Yeah. You know, and the fact that when you get older, it just gets a little bit more... Hectic. So I guess if I have to pinpoint a demon right now, it's my physical appearance demon, I guess. Do you have a little... Very low, you know... No, 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 no. But that's the thing. Like, I don't think... You know, I make it sound like my self-esteem about my appearance is super low. It's not. But if I have to point out one demon, it's that. But at the same time, that demon isn't very powerful. It's like... it's. I wouldn't even call it a demon. I would call it a, a little... A little... What the fuck am I saying? Uh, a gremlin. Or a, a gremlin or a little troll. Yeah. I just kick it off. I'm just like, you know what, fuck off. Get off me. Yeah, but that's not necessarily something. Yeah, what if. So. You are trying to become fit in order to. You know, be able to do what you're doing longer. Correct? I just want to live a nice long life. And it's not necessarily about. Because personally, I'm not really scared of death. I understand that we're here for a time being and I understand that we're squishy beings and we can die at any point and then we're done and then that's it. I don't really care about it for myself, to be honest with you. Yeah. I know that I have a significant other with family and, you know, 
if Michelle loves me even half as much as I love her, the idea of not being able to grow old with her would destroy me. Yeah. So for me, getting fit and getting healthy is not only for my mental health, for you know tackling my work. And don't get me wrong, you need a lot of mental strength to be able to do that business that I do. Yeah. Like being an entrepreneur, you need mental strength. Like you need to practice it like you're doing gym. You need to practice it every single day. But being able to get physically fit is being able to live a healthier, longer life so that I can not only tackle my my work goals with maximum efficiency, but I can also live longer so that Michelle can have a life with me for as long as possible. And we can live and we can travel and we can do things that I don't have to be, she doesn't have to restrict herself. Yeah. Or I have to, or I have to go through the life thinking like, oh man, he's, he's getting unfit and he's going to just, you know, not be able to, you know, I don't want anyone to have a heart attack at a certain age or yeah. a certain thing. Anyone that's listening to the podcast, we're relatively fit guys. We're not moaning about anything like this. We're just, you know, you know just so you know, not, and, you know, because we just ordered ice cream. <laughs> I don't want everyone to think we're sitting here like, oh, no, no, no. It's just what, physical fitness, and I'm not, I'm not talking about bodybuilder crap. I'm not no. talking about vanity muscles. I'm talking about glamour muscles. When you're in the gym. And you're staring yourself in the mirror or you're staring at a machine. It's a you on you. It's a mental battle. And that's why gym is so important for me because... I see gym as off that. You remember that It's therapy. That you told me about earlier with stacking your failures and everything like yeah. that. That is how I learned to actually take your progress into account. No matter exactly. how many times you would, for instance, relapse or not go to gym. Mm. And not throw away your current progress that you made. So... It's thanks to Jim that I can actually switch over to that type of mindset and apply it in other aspects of my life as well, and not not not, not just physical, um, um, you know, gymming, mm. but mentally as well. It's mental gymming. The gym for me is all mental. Yes, it is physical, you know, because I'm there. It's mental. It's mind. mental because I mean, you know, in this is the longest in closing ever. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but think that of, was the whole entire movie clip. But when you go to the gym, it's a boxing gym, for example. You go into an MMA fight. Going into the MMA fight and being scared of being hit once, you're never going to get in that fight. No. But think about it like this. If you go into that MMA fight, MMA fight and go, I am going to get hit at least once. Hard. It's going to hurt like fucking shit. But you know what? When I get hit, I'm going to hit that guy back and I'm going to knock him out. Nice. Knowing that you're going to get hit, but going in any way is the definition of bravery. Yeah. Just got to be brave. Would you say that your closing line is for this podcast? You just Fortune favors the brave is not just a saying. It's, it's a, a way of life. Then Anthony, Brian, Sultana. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. I would just like to say you're one of my dearest friends. Yeah, you too, and, my buddy. And he came over, he flew over to come visit me over this weekend and we basically did <laughs> a lot of childlike things that I would never thought I would do on my yeah, 31st yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. But it was an honor to have you here and uh, it was an honor to have you on my podcast. Absolutely, man. We've just been long overdue. We need to do this. It's been long overdue. It's been long overdue. We've been planning it for years. We've been planning it before towards even Carl High Club. Yes. But we finally did it and let's Here do some it more. Is. So I just wanted to wish you and your company and, 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 and your business and, and, and your love life, everything of the best. 
and uh, would, you would always have a door open here with, with me and my friendship and Absolutely. I value that and um, thank you very much for spending the time with me thank you Carl it was, it was really fun being here it was fun being on the podcast and talking shit with you and uh, yeah let's make it a bit of a habit let's do it alright that was Anthony Shoot uh, from Odyssey and I'm Carl um, have a wonderful day